Amen. Here we go. Another Dominion Sonship Live coming to you today. Thank you for joining us. I have a message and it's amazing because normally it's Sunday morning. Like I, I tend to have a, a year on regarding these Sunday messages pretty much during the week. And what I have found with the Holy Spirit is that that which is on my heart, uh, during the week or in the last special season that we've been teaching in Dominion Sonship, it has been over the last five, six weeks, we've been talking about the Word of God. We have been talking about in light of not separating Jesus from the Word of God, that in the book of Revelation chapter 19, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Word of God and that when we recognize that Jesus is the word because he is the word made flesh. John tells us in, in, in chapter one, but even in, in John, the very first few verses of John is that in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. And so God sent his word to show us who he is. God sent his word, Jesus, because he so loved us. So we can now have fellowship with the Father through this work of salvation that Jesus did. And so my title for today is Living in the Day of His Son. Living in the day of his son. And this is how God gave it to me. It's neat because at wake up, my first thought, it's, it is Sunday. And as soon as I, I thought it is Sunday and the Lord broke it down, it is Sunday, his son's day. And that we live in the day of the sun. That's how it came about. And, and so I, 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 that was a quick wake up, right? We live in the day of the sun. We live in this sun day, which is dominion sonship. Dominion sonship is living in the son, in the kingdom of the son whom he loves. And from this reality of our new birth that we are now born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, that we're now born of his bone, flesh of his flesh with the very offspring of God. And that we now, because of this birthright that has been given to us when we receive Jesus, that we're given the right to become children of God from this birthright of the Son, we have become the many brethren that will live in his sonship. That we live his life on earth. It's no longer you and I of natural sense, but it's Christ within us. The life of the son lives life. And so living in the day of his son is really how God wanted to rephrase my thought to recognize that my life, my life is lived in him alone. And we have a choice to do with that. And over the many weeks and months and over a year now since the inception of Dominion Sonship, what we have been meditating about is this divine life of Christ within us. We've been meditating that we are living a life because he lives life in us. And that this life is a life of resurrection. We are born of his resurrection. That we really are the children of the resurrection. And that we live this life of resurrection on earth. That we are raised from the dead when he was raised from the dead together with him we've been raised to where Ephesians tells us 
to a far above place as he was raised together with him. We've been raised together with Christ to live in this high and lifted place of where the Son is at the right hand of God the Father. And we know that the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one and, and that the Holy Ghost has been given to us as a guarantee that we walk out this divine sonship, that we walk out this life in the day of the Son. So I have been meditating. How does one communicate this life to another? A believer, a believer struggling of, of looking at the circumstance of their life and, and believing God, believing God for what they say, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And, and it seems this is every elusive breakthrough and they seem stuck in a moment and, and it seems to get worse and it, and it's this perpetuating mindset. Of I need a breakthrough. God, where are you? God, do you not see? And, and maybe at times we might not even go as far as God do not see, but we do know the disciples did go that far. When Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat, asleep in the midst of a storm, in the very boat the disciples were in, they were in a boat that was in the stormy seas. How unsettling is life on the stormy seas in a boat? In a boat. In a boat, a fishing boat. And they're bailing out the waters. And Jesus is asleep in that boat. And what do they say? They wake him up and say, don't you care? How can you sleep in this moment, God? What we're coming into this teaching is the Sabbath day rest of God. That our Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And what he says, let's go to Mark. Let's go to Mark. I'm going to follow the order of the Spirit. I have a lot of verses to work from and I'll just follow as he leads. If I go to um, Mark 2.25 to 27. Let's go to 23. It gives you better context. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields. He went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Sacrilegious, Jesus, sacrilegious. Why do they do on the Sabbath? The Sabbath is the seven-day rest of God. Six days he worked in creation of the world. He put the stars in place, the moon, the sun. The vegetation, the animals, the fish in the waters, man. And on the seventh day, he rested. The Sabbath day rest of God, where no work is done. And that was the law. God commanded them to follow and to, to, to set this day apart as holy. The six days they work and on the seventh day, on the seventh day they rest. And it was to be a, a Sabbath day. 
a day of rest where you do nothing. And so they had made different regulations to uphold that law that came through Moses. And so here they are in their minds following the law to the T with all the little regulations that have been added on to the law. And so they're saying, Jesus, why do they do this? Eat grain on the Sabbath. Pick the grain and eat it. And he said to them, have you never read? Have you never read? And sometimes I think that's what God is saying to us. (laughs) Although we've read and read and read and read, what he's saying, let me give you light of revelation in this moment so that when you read, you understand now. And so this is what Dominion Starship is about, is we want to understand what we read. We want to be able to partake of this divine rest that we have in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Well, last week I looked at the book of James and I, it's definitely not inactivity. It is not inactivity because faith without works is dead. And we broke it down and we we looked at those works that they are the works of the Spirit. So rest is not inactivity, but rest is an activity of the Holy Spirit through you. It's a picking up of this word to eat it on the Sabbath day. You pick the grain off of the wheat, will eat the bread of his word. And that through this eating of this word, which is with understanding, the digesting of the word, the, 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 the assimilation of his word within us, that brings forth a strong persuasion of faith, is what is rest. The rest of faith. The rest of faith is based on an eating on the Sabbath when you recognize it's no longer you who lives this life. But it's Christ leading you through the grain fields of his word. It is Christ now leading you through the passion of his life to glean and to understand. So, Look what he says, what a wise teacher our Jesus is. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to teach us in this manner. Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? Are you in need and hungry today? He and those with him. How he went, where did he go? In the house of God. What does the right of Hebrews say? Actually, just look, my my finger was right there. In chapter 3 of Hebrews, and Moses, uh, verse 5, and Moses indeed was faithful in all his house, in all of God's house, as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house. Where did David go? The house of God that Moses was a faithful servant in. But now Christ is a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing 
of the hope firm to the end. And of course, that is, that is the word that we're holding on to the very end. And let me see, in Philippians, we've looked at this verse before, Philippians 2.16, holding fast the word of life, whose house we are if we hold fast this word of life. Whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. The word of God is our living hope. And Paul writes to Philippians, holding fast the word of life so I may rejoice in the day of Christ, in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And so there is a laboring, holding fast to the word. There is the laboring of being a doer of the word, but that is a movement of the spirit that we engage with. And so here he's giving the example of David. Hungry and needy together with his men. He went in the house of God in the day of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate and ate and ate the showbread. Who is the showbread? Who is our showbread? Who is the bread of life? Our master Jesus, the word of life, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest and also gave some to those who were with him. Well, now in Christ we have become kings and priests unto our God. So it is lawful to partake of him today. It is lawful to live in this day of his rest today that the word of God provides to us. And so he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man and not a man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. I'll read that again. The Sabbath, the Sabbath day rest was made from man. It was a rest bestowed on men to cease from their striving to earn salvation or good standing with God. Man was not made for the Sabbath to earn salvation, to earn a rest with God, to earn peace with God. But now through the cross of Christ, we have peace with our heavenly father. That's what Colossians, I believe chapter two writes. That we, or Ephesians, Ephesians as well. That we have peace with God. We have peace with God. And so we are made for this revelation to be able to walk out our salvation that is based on a finished work. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. What did Jesus say that he came what? To be served or to serve? Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. To serve whom? He is the Lord of the Sabbath and the Sabbath was made for whom? For men. And he came as Lord of that rest to serve men. Not for men to serve him. He came to show salvation. Of course, now in Christ, of course we do. We, we submit to his word. But when he came, actually that's in Matthew. 
in Matthew 12. Let's look at it. Since we're in the Gospels. Verse, verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord even... Wait, no, not uh, it's in Mark. This is the one. This is the Matthew version that the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. It is in Matthew. I'm sorry. It's Matthew 20. It is in Matthew. That's right. Uh, this is in the um, context of um, Zebedee's sons coming to him um, and really the infighting of who would sit at the right hand. And where is it? The mother said, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. But Jesus, verse 22, chapter 20, Matthew. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm, I am baptized with? And then they said to him, We are able. And so he said, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand, but to sit on my right hand and my left hand is not mine to give. But it is, it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said this is in the context of it is prepared by our heavenly father the positions have been granted to us alongside jesus in the kingdom to come and what determines this position is our servant's heart is our service our servitude and so here we see it's a humble heart he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That word ransom, actually, I had looked it up. And I believe I still have a picture of it. That word ransom is uh, the Greek word 38, three in the Strong's Concordant, and is the purchasing money. So he came as a ransom, and that is a purchasing money for slaves, a ransom, the price of ransoming, especially the sacrifice by which expiation is affected, an offering of expiation. And here he breaks it down, and actually it's from the Greek word luo. And this word ransom is used in the New Testament as the ultimate liberty price. So Jesus came to serve and be the ultimate liberty price. And that is from the word luo, and we can see the price he paid for us did what? It loosened us from the bonds and the cords of death of Satan himself, so we can now serve God acceptably through the Spirit, 
through his spirit that we became born again when we're loosed out of the darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness that Satan was the, was the master of, of our lives. When we were brought into this brand new kingdom, we're brought into the kingdom of the son whom he loves and we became born again, born from above, born of his spirit so we can serve God. By the spirit that gives life, not the letter that kills. And so that word luo is, um, which is the root for ransom, it's to lose, to release, to dissolve to unbind. And so he came to serve us, to unbind us from Satan's hold. So let's go back to Mark where we're at, that he is, therefore, Mark 2.28, therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Let's go to the story of the disciples in the boat. So just flip a page over to Mark chapter 4. And it's 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, this is what rest looks like. Rest looks like a confidence into what you say in accordance to the will of God. So we know that Jesus only spoke that which he heard his father say. And when he heard the father say, he was an obedient son. And he said exactly what the father said. And when he said what the father said, he entered into this divine rest of the finished work of God himself. Because Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus is the finished work of God. Let us cross over to the other side, Jesus said. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. It did not look very nice. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. <laughs> he was cozy. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That is what unbelief does. Unbelief, unbelief, distress, striving, non-rest looks like once you've heard the word of God and the storm appears, you put your eyes on the storm and you let go of the word you just heard. And last week we looked at the example of Peter walking on the wall in Matthew 14. He heard Jesus say, come. He hooked up, he believed that word. It emboldened him to step out of a really trying moment that were all in as well in the boat and storm. Crossing the lake. He believed. He stepped out. What came once, well, what came was always there. The storm was there. But suddenly he unhooked from that trust and confidence that he had in the beginning. And he was moved by what he saw. The storm. Anytime you dislocate and disconnect 
and, and remove your confidence off of what he has said to you. You go on self, uh, panic mode. It's like you start frailing in the water. You, 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 you gotta do something now. You just gotta do something. And that's usually when people quote, you know, faith without works is dead. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. But like we read last week, the context of that in James, in James 4, I believe, was what was the example given? Abraham. Abraham's story. That he believed God against all hope and became the father of many nations. And in that context, it was about him sacrificing, taking Isaac up to the mount to sacrifice him. Saying, I'm going to come back down with my son. I'm going to come back down. Because he knew the God of resurrection. The one that calls those things that be not as though they were. That brings life out of the dead moment. And so it was exactly as God said to Abraham. And so it will be exactly as God says to us, if we heed, let us cross over to the other side. Even though a storm comes and, and the, the waves grow stronger and greater and the wind beats the boat and, and water is filling our boat and we, what's the natural thought process? I'm gonna sink. I'm gonna die. 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 And that fear of death, like Hebrew says that all of man's lifetime has kept men subject to death until Jesus came and destroyed the power of it off of us so we can live in the day of his life Jesus believed the word of his father do you today believe the word of your father he was in the stern asleep are you asleep today not with a spiritual slumber but in terms of a rest moment they woke him up and they said, teacher, do you not care what, that we're perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind, rebuked the wind. For a place of rest, you can rebuke the wind. Why? Because the wind never got a hold of you. The wind never perturbed you. So you at that moment are in the best possible situation. In this place of rest, you rebuke. Because in rest, there's no turmoil. In rest, there's only love divine. An awareness of I am love and God, I am loved and God has me. God has brought me this far. In the way he has never left me in my past messes. He'll not leave me now. He'll never forsake me. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. They could have done the same thing because they too heard the voice of God through the words of Jesus. Let us cross over to the other side. But one believed and the other in the boat did not believe. And so you make the decision today. Are you the one that believes or the one that surveys the landscape? 
of water filling into your boat. It's intense. Because you are constantly to recognize doubt and unbelief. You're constantly to bring that down of doubt and unbelief and make it submit to the word of God. He said to me, I'm crossing over. Of course. He lives in us. He is with us. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. As they made it. So great, the wind sees and there was a great calm. And he said to them, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't say, uh, thank you for making it until I woke up. You did, uh, okay. No, no, no. Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Do you have no persuasion of what I say? Oh my, this statement always gets to me. When I find myself about to move on a moment of fear, protect myself in a moment of the, 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 just to, to, to shrink back. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Still failing to recognize who he is, the son of the living God. Still failing to recognize the dominion that they are really partaking of in that moment of watching every natural circumstance submit to the word of God. Submit to the word of God. Let's go to, um, well, we're going to go to epistles, but let's go to John on the way to um, Romans, potentially. John 16. 25. This is he speaking again. Just as he spoke to the disciples, we're going to make it to the other side. Let us cross over. This is what he's saying to us in John 16, 25. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when you, I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I'll speak you. I'll tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. Do you believe that he came forth from God to demonstrate the Father to us? I came forth from the Father and I have come into the world again. I live... the. Again, I leave the world and I go to my father. And if you go down to verse 33, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In him is only peace. There's no strong wind and, and you're both filling up with water. In Christ is Perfect peace. 
And though the enemy might want to perturb you today, but bring some strong words of adversity in your moment. You have to know whom you believe. And when you believe his word, you've entered into the finishedness of who he is. Because I came, I've done my work, and now I leave the world and I go back to my father. And I say these things to you so in me you might have peace. And look what he continues to say. In the world... In the world, not in him, in the world, you will have tribulation. We know we do live in this world, a world filled with tribulation. But we're not of the world. We are of Christ in whom we have peace. So there has to be an ev evident distinction between you and Christ as a believer calling yourself a Christian in this hour versus a non-believer. A non-believer can't help himself but be constantly tossed with tribulation. That's why we, the believer in Christ, the Christian, are to walk on the water of that tribulation, fearing nothing, being led solely by the word of God, filled with divine peace. And go and pluck many out of this tribulation of the hour. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Are you of good cheer today? Are you of good cheer today? You live in the day of his son today. You live in him today. And that's what um, Thessalonians, I guess we're going to Thessalonians. First of all, First Thessalonians, we are children of the day, the day of his son. <laughs> what a glorious day we live in. Chapter 5, verse 5. You're all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. This is about that spiritual slumber. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But we are not of those that sleep at night nor get drunk at night. Because we're children of the day. But let us who are of the day be sober. Be sober minded today. Be sober-minded today. Do not walk in the snares of the world and be uh, drunken with the cares of the world. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. That's what it looks like to be a child of the day. Being shielded through faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation, fully protected, we do have the mind of Christ. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Do you know that you're not appointed to wrath? You're not appointed to that worldly tribulation that really has no way of escape. But we are appointed to the day of God, the Sabbath day rest of God. Hebrews 4 talks about Hebrews 3 and 4. We'll go if we have time. If not, next week we'll continue. 
But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. How does faith come? Through the hearing of the voice of God. Through the hearing of the word of God. That those in the boat heard him say, let us cross over. And so him coming to the rest of that statement, and they refused it. Why? Because they chose to believe their carnal senses, and your carnal senses will always oppose the word of God. And that's what Paul tells Romans, I think, yeah, chapter 8. Romans 8, that your carnal mind is always in opposition to the things of the Spirit. But we are obtaining, we are of those... Not not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And then he says, therefore, comfort one another, edify one another, just as also you are doing. And so today we are edifying one another because we are found in him. Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians. In him. We live in him. We live in the day of his son. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of that day. And that day was made for us. The day of rest. He is the Lord over was made for us. And we're children of that day that's bright and lit up. No slumber in that day. No drunkenness, drunkenness in that day. But a sobriety of mind. Solely led by truth. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him. <sighs> he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Do not struggle with his divine selection of your life. Do not struggle whether you're loved or not. Do not struggle whether you're pointed to wrath or not. Whether you're child of the day or of the night. You're of the day. You are to obtain salvation. You are of his love today. In him, he chose us. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. What is his will for your life? What is his good pleasure for your life? It's this very, it's this very truth right here that you are now a child of God, that you now are part of his family, that you've been adopted as a son. Oh, Adopted as a son. An heir of the father and the son. To the praise of the glory of his grace, but which he made us accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted in the beloved. Right across in, in, in Galatians 6, look at verse 14. Paul Paul's writing, he says, But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's through the cross. 
It is through the cross, through his death, that we have been reconciled to God, our Heavenly Father. And so we boast not on a work that we can ever do. The Sabbath day rest is, the Sabbath day rest is walking in what he's already done. And so Paul's revelation is that he's boasting on that finished work of Calvary. He says, my boast is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that cross, we, we, we know we've entered into this peace with our Father. Rest. Rest to know we're loved today. I'll wrap it up with this verse next we continue. So he says, let's go back verse 14. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been what? Crucified to me. Every trial and tribulation that is in the world, that is the portion in a drinking cup of the world, is not my portion. That that world and its own little trouble that stirred up all the time, it's been crucified to me through the cross, through this finished work. I have already overcome in him all things. I'm not waiting for another breakthrough. I got it. Christ in me is the breakthrough. He broke up out of hell. <laughs> and together with him, we've been raised up to a far above place of glory divine. And through this Christ, through the cross of Christ, I too have been crucified to the world. And that's why the word states that being a friend to the world makes you an enemy to God. Because the world has been crucified to us. And so we are an enemy to the world because we are friends of God. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. No outer work that you can do would avail anything for you today. Outside of what? New creation. In, in chapter 5, uh, Paul writes the same statement. For in Christ Jesus, verse 6, neither circumcision nor no, no outside work of the flesh will avail anything for you but what? Faith working through love. And we know that in him now, we have it working because we stand before him in love and faith works through love and faith is the place of rest. We'll continue on next week. Amen. We're done. Done, done, done. Amen.